Our environment, the world in which we live and work, is a mirror of our attitudes and expectations. Earl Nightingale. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Trying myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan and I'm your host. And listen, for those of you guys that are new to the show, this is a podcast that helps you step up and lead and win. We talk about a few things here. We don't just talk about them. We break down strategies and tactics in areas of leadership, mindset, overall success, so that you and your team can succeed. You know, our goal here is to take your journey, which is maybe taking you years, if not decades, to accomplish, and collapsing that to days. You know, taking that journey of success and collapsing the timeline and doing that with useful, practical information that can help you expedite your path to success. Okay. So what I want to open this up with before we dive in is how many of you guys feel like your team is helping you achieve success? And how many of you guys feel like your team is pulling you away from success? You don't want you to spend a second and audit whether or not your environment is conducive to your growth. You know, at this point, Maybe you are a new listener, but maybe you've been around for a little while and you've been really implementing the strategies and the tactics that we've discussed here on the show, and you've created a clear vision for your life and where you want to go. And now you're at this crossroads and you're trying to figure out whether you should go left or you should go right. Well, I want to give you that thought-provoking question today to have you audit and inventory whether or not your environment is helping you get to where you want to go because that crossroads, at that crossroads, you have a choice. You can either get closer to those people that are going to help you grow, or you can get closer to the ones that are going to pull you back. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the environment that you've created and how you can leverage it to get closer and closer to what you want. Okay. So when I say we, it's not just me on the show. It's not just a solo podcast. I am welcomed by my co-host, the podfather, Justin Phillips. What's up, dude? The Podfather has been has been the uh, the nickname of choice for the past couple of weeks now. It's been very consistent, ironically. Yeah, I've been liking it. What was? I mean, there's there's uh, just in time, DJ just in time. There is uh, what are some of the other ones that we had come up with? I don't remember. Mister Consistency was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, was, yes. Mister Consistency yeah. will never fade. That one's a great one. Well, that would be ironic if it did fade. Now, wouldn't it? true. <laughs> If you guys don't know, Justin uh, recorded a podcast a day, every single day for, what was it, 365 days, yeah? It was a year, yeah. It was technically more. I was doing more than one show at a time, so. Either way. The show was, yeah. That's pretty amazing accomplishment, man. It still is. It caught my attention, <laughs> for sure. I like to think so. Maybe we'll get to 365 episodes one day. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. Um, uh, This is actually ironic. I was just talking to a friend today about how I bring people into my world, into my network, and how I build relationships. Who, Because I, I know, like anybody, we all have, we all meet different people all the time, and you have to choose whether or not you bring somebody into your world or whether you're not. And I think a lot of people pick and choose unconsciously or subconsciously, right? They meet somebody and they figure out, do I vibe with this person or do I not? Mm-hmm. I'm a little more uh, strategic with mine. I'm very more intentional. I don't know if that's just the way that 
you know, if it's, if, if more people are like that or if it's just a Jeremiah thing. But when I, I was talking to my uh, friend today, he had me on his podcast and I was telling him why he was one of my friends. And I said, you know, I have this um, process that I go through with people. And what I like to do is I observe and I watch. And I honestly, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I judge. And I look at everybody around me <clears throat> and I figure out whether or not they have a place in my life and whether I could potentially have a place in theirs to provide value. And the way that I, I say yes to people is I watch them and I figure out how they show up for themselves and for others. And if they show up, like consistency is one of my values. If they show up and they're consistent, I want to be around somebody like that. If they show up and they're challenging themselves and growing, I want to be around somebody like that. If they do something incredibly difficult, regardless of whether they achieve it or whether they just dare greatly, I want to be around somebody like that. And so through that process, I will develop respect for somebody. I'm watching until I develop respect for them, and then I want them in my circle. It's like they have to prove themselves to me. And that does sound a little bit conceited, but it's not. I'm just selective with who I want around in my circle. And I think that's a great segue into today's topic, Justin, um, into this topic of your environment. Is there any, any thoughts on that as, I, as, we, as we start opening this thing up? If you look back at some of the episodes of this podcast that I'm not on, but you have like a real person on that you're talking to instead. Sure. You know, you can see that in a lot of those people, right? Like you've never got, I mean, you, you've had a couple, at least moderately big names on here for sure. But you've also just, you've had these handful of people that exhibit those qualities you were just talking about. That's usually how they land themselves on the show. And we might've had like one or two duds along the way too. But yeah, I, I think people that are following you, my point is they can see that you're not just after the people that have done these really super high level, amazing things like the Elon Musk's, the Dwayne Johnson, so on of the world, but they exhibit those qualities, like you said, of consistency or they're stepping outside their comfort zone or that type of thing. And you're pretty good at finding them. Yeah, man. I, I love it when I find somebody that's chasing their personal greatness. I don't care if it's like being the best mom that they could be or the best I don't know, dad, the best janitor, the best, freak. I don't care what it is, but they're just trying to get uncomfortable, shake their life up, and they're they're out there trying, man. I love that. I love it so much, and um, I think it's important, man, because my life wasn't always like that. I was, there was a point in time where I just reacted and built my team off of who was available and not who I wanted, you know, and I tried to conform myself to the, the people that were around me. I basically was living my life from the outside in versus the inside out. Outside in meaning I'm going to look around, I'm going to use my senses, my sight, my sound, you know, my hearing, all the different senses, and I'm going to look and observe, and I'm going to react to that and to make my next step versus going inward and asking myself, who do I want to be around, and then putting a plan in place to get around them. What, what caused that shift? Like, when did that change for you? Mentorship, to be honest, uh, is the straight answer. So there was a couple, uh, whenever you guys, listen up, guys, this is super important. Whenever you choose to grow in life, we did a whole podcast uh, show on this subject, but it was on growing pains. And whenever you choose to grow, you're, one of the pains that you're going to experience is your relationships are going to get stretched. And that's going to be a good thing, but it's also going to feel like a bad thing because you're going to outgrow the people that are around you 
And it can be difficult because it's never easy, like saying goodbye to people and stuff like that. But at the same, at the same time, it happens in life, okay? Especially when you choose to grow. And I had, when I was younger, like I mentioned, I, I was basically building my team and hanging out with people in a way that made me conform to what their lifestyle and what they were doing. Then I got around a mentor who, what he taught me was to build a dream team. You know, he, he basically, I never forget, I always tell this story, but it's the boy in the puzzle. Okay, and my life, basically what had happened at this point in my life, I was uh, trying to achieve some goals, and I kept finding myself coming up short. You know, I was spinning in circles. I, have, I felt like I had all this energy and enthusiasm, this desire, but I just wasn't getting the results that I thought I should get. And I remember I got so frustrated and stuck, I ended up trying differently, and I found a mentor that helped me out. And the first thing, he sat me down, and he's like, hey, Jeremiah, tell me what you want to accomplish. And he pulled up this thing called the Wheel of Life, and inside of it was all the different dimensions of my life that he believed made up a whole and complete person. You know, things like recreation, things like relationships, things like spirituality, materialism, the list goes on and on. And since then, I've even implemented my own Conquer Wheel of Life inside of Conquer Academy. But point being is that he had me do this self-assessment, and I realized that I had some massive gaps in my life, in my wheel. And I realized that my relationships were one of them. And so when he, he said, hey, you're trying to achieve all these goals, but the real problem is that your life is a lot like this wheel of life, and you are a lot like this wheel of life. And what, a lot of, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get from point A to Z. And these pieces of the pie are kind of like these lines on the, the, the diagram because it was drawn like a pie chart. He's like, they're like spokes on a tire. And each of them represent how inflated that area of your life is. So in the area of relationships, you're basically really, really flat on that aspect of the tire. And he's like, you're trying to get to the end goal. He's like, but you're running around on a flat tire. He's like, so we need to go to work and inflate the tire. And, and he uh, told me a story about the boy in the puzzle. And he said, there's a boy and he goes in his dad's office late at night, seven, eight o'clock or whatever. His dad's doing taxes. And the boy comes in. And he's like, dad, 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 can we come play with me? And dad's like, man, I got to finish my damn taxes. I got to finish this paperwork. I don't got time, right? But he doesn't want to let the boy down. So he looks over to him. He's like, dang it. All right. And he, Reaches over, he grabs this magazine, and on the cover of the magazine, there's a picture of uh, the world. It's a globe. And he grabs it, and he shreds up the, the cover. And he takes it into the other room, and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll play with you, son, but I want you to do this puzzle first. And he sets down the pieces of the puzzle, the paper. And the boy goes over there, and he starts messing with it, and Dad goes back into his office, and 10 minutes later, the boy comes back in. He's like, Dad, I finished the puzzle. The dad's like, what? There's no way. I, I thought for sure that I bought myself at least two hours, maybe three hours of time to get stuff done. He's like, there's no way you finished that. He's like, no, dad, I finished it. He goes in the other room. He looks at the table and sure as hell, the, the puzzle's all put together and the world's on there. He's like, how'd you do this? And the kid's like, well, dad, when you grabbed the magazine cover and ripped it up, he's like, on the front of the cover was a picture of the world. But on the back of the cover, I saw this cartoon picture of a boy. And I knew all that I had to do was put the boy together and the world would get together too. 
And um, he told me, you know, Major Steele told me that story. And I realized that all, the goals that I was after, the reason I was coming up short is because I hadn't put myself together. And so it's a long story to basically describe that um, one point in my life, I didn't have the relationships I wanted. Then I got on the offense with them. And I started getting clear about who I wanted to be around. And, and he taught me to build a dream team, which I've created. And I teach my students now to create a, a task force, a dream task force like we had overseas when I was a ranger. Hodgepodge of different operators accomplishing the same mission. So long story short is uh, that whole being proactive about my relationships, it completely changed my life. And now I have access to world-class athletes, multimillionaire uh, entrepreneurs, working professionals that are just exceptional. I mean, the list goes on and on, and I'm very, very happy and proud of the relationships that I've built. So um, that's where everything changed, Justin. So let's dig into how you actually started to build those relationships, though, because you can't just say, you know, go hang around better people and then have everyone going and DMing you know, world-class athletes on Instagram and expecting that to really work, right? Yeah. I mean, you can you can pay more attention to, first of all, who you're not putting in your life yeah. is probably step one for some people. But you, you're mentioning there, and it's embedded in that story, working on yourself. Is there anything that you started doing specifically, practically, to start growing yourself so that you could start to attract those higher-level people yeah. into your environment yeah, there are so many tactics that I could give somebody to uh, to improve themselves and improve the net the network and relationships that they have. Um, but one of some of the most useful things that I did. So I'm, I often look back on my mentorship and I say, you know, why did I change, and the other people around me didn't. And not only that, but when I was getting mentored, my my mentor, he worked with other people. And they got results, but my results quantum leaped theirs. And I was like, why did I, why did this happen? Why did I, I'm like, I grew up and I was just an average kid, you know, like not even that bright. I thought I struggled with doubt, insecurities, fear, all these different things. And now I'm like featured in Forbes magazine, entrepreneur magazine. I'm, I'm like my, my whole life. It's, it's completely different. It's just a complete transformation. And, um, point being with all that is that I often ask myself what happened and I learned and I discovered I was more repetitive than everybody else hmm. I studied myself and the material that my mentor gave me more than everybody else okay so one of the things that he used to have me do he gave me these audios by Zig Ziglar I have a lot of Zig Ziglar isms inside of me if you've never listened to me speak I do <laughs> It's because he, it's inside of my head. I, you know, he literally programmed me with Zig and he said, Hey, I want you to listen to these audios like 17 times. Okay. And I was like 17 times. It took me three months to get through the entire CD deck. Okay. The audio deck, there were CDs and the MP3 player uh, files, but it took me like three months of listening to it every single day religiously to get through one series of the videos. And I had to do that 17 times. It took me like years <laughs> to get through all, all those audios. And one of the things that Zig taught me and my mentor taught me was to remove stinking thinking. And uh, as cheesy as that sounds, he had me work big time on my attitude. Zig used to say something along the lines of your attitude 
determines um, your, your attitude, not your aptitude, determines your altitude in life. And what that means is, yeah, your attitude determines, doesn't, um, not your attitude, not your intelligence determines how high you're going to fly, right? That's what essentially what it means. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that somebody can do is they can shift their attitude big time. Uh, most people think that they understand attitude and they have no idea what it actually means. Your attitude is the composite of your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. It's every, it's your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions all together. So if I'm in traffic and I'm looking at the road and there's, um, it's, the traffic is all the, the freeway is all backed up. I'm thinking negative thoughts. I'm feeling negative, and then what happens? I freaking take the exit ramp and I cut somebody off and I drive off. I got that's a composite of a poor attitude. So what you end up doing is um, your attitude really does determine your direction in life. If you think about that example in the in the freeway, it's literally physically changing your direction. If you think, feel, and act a way, it's pointing you a way. So the thing that somebody can do to start building high quality relationships is start working on their personal attitude. That's the thing that worked for me and be repetitive with it. It's not a one-time thing. It's like all the time. Um, and I, when I started doing that, I, I, this, the chip on my shoulder started kind of lightening up. I was less closed off, less reserved. I was more open. I, was, I started operating from the impression of increase. I started leaving people better than I found them. I made my goal to, when I met somebody, to um, make an impression on them and leave them in good standing. And Zig taught me that through those audios. And, and what that did is it created this, this karma where people wanted to come back and come to me. And then the next thing you know, I was starting mm-hmm. to get more attention from high-quality relationships. And then I worked on those relationships. And, I mean, there was some imposter syndrome that happened along the way, but I worked through that. And I just kept leading with value, and I, I adjusted my altitude, which changed my network big time. I think there's something really strong about leaving people better off than you found them. <laughs> like, that's that's what I pull from all of that, is that one of the first things you could do to raise the bar in your environment, as is, like, practically the title of this episode, I'm pretty sure, Yeah, is... is literally make the people around you better like do whatever you can to do that and then you're immediately going to have a better circle even if it's the same people and then there's probably some sort of like exponential effect to that too where it's like if you do that for them almost a pay it forward type of thing yeah right you know if you do that for them if you start leading by example being a guy that leaves everyone around you better than you found them they're going to do that for the next guy and then eventually it becomes a small world and you got a bunch of freaking good people in a little room together and it's like, hallelujah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, and, and it, you know, a little, I'm, I typically don't share this, but a um, little business strategy for everybody. Helping others is free marketing for your business and you. Mm-hmm. If you just run around helping people all the time, people learn about you, they think you're a great person, they want to learn more about your business, you're literally advertising yourself and what you do for free just by helping somebody and if you can get everybody on your team to do that now all of a sudden you're creating a reputation where you guys just help people and you have solutions to problems which pulls customers to you it keeps you top of mind so my one of my marketing strategies is to do the damn right thing to help people and leave people with the impression of increase my entire team i tell them all if somebody calls and asks you for something random, like a, you know, you need a tire for your car, you're broke down on the side of the road, I don't care what it is, go help them. 
-hmm. we're gonna help you no matter what so um yeah that helped me tremendously and i also had to get very very specific with who i wanted to bring into my life too you know i I literally wrote out exact i wrote down i remember i wrote he gave me the dream team assignment i was like all right i want to be around world-class athletes and i listed some of the names that i wanted to be around I was like, I want to know multi-million, I want to know millionaire entrepreneurs because I know none. And I wrote down 10. I want to know 10 millionaire entrepreneurs. And I was like, here's a couple of the people that I want to know. I want to know influencers. I wrote down some of the people I want to know. And then I didn't have a person in mind, but I picked some industries that I wanted to be familiar with and have relationships in as well. Fitness, uh, or excuse me, uh, finances, um, even fun. I looked at the area of fun. I was like, man, who, who do I want around me to have some fun? What type of fun do I want to have? So I got really micro onto it and I started building. And what ended up happening is that planted a seed in my head. And then I started seeing the opportunity to connect with those people. And a lot of the people that were on my list are actually in my life today. Like by name. You know, for instance, Michael Chandler. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I wrote down, I wrote his name on that list years ago. And before I knew him, before like there was any connection at all, and all of us, I was like, man, I like this guy's character. I like what he's about. I like his. I'm on the same frequency mentally. I wanna, I wanna be around somebody like that. I love how much of a family man he is, a father, husband, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he was a father at the time, but either way, you get the point. Is I, I admired these tw- traits in him, and I wrote it down, and then their opportunity presented itself, and I got to meet him, and then me and him became friends. So it really did come down to attitude and then being micro um, on who I wanted to be around. But you do have to get on the same frequency as the people that you're trying to connect with. If you're not on the same frequency, you're not going to connect with them. Okay? Like a dirt bag doesn't hang out with a wealthy, rich person because they're a dirt bag, right? If, if you got stinking thinking, like Zig says, and you're just a everybody sucks, everybody's an a hole. You know the world is against me. That person is not hanging out with a highly successful and driven person because they're not on the same frequency in life. So in life, you're gonna attract. This is like a deep dive into law of attraction and law of vibration, which you know, <laughs> we could go into, but I think it derails a little bit. But my point is, is that your your world that you live in is a byproduct of what you're in harmony with. Okay? So if you go, if your environment is a byproduct of what you're in harmony with, meaning, in other words, you are tuned into a station as a person. It's like old school FM radio. If you turn the dial to a certain frequency, you pick up a radio station. You start hearing a certain music. All right? the same thing for human beings a great example of this is when you go into you go shopping you go into the mall and there's hundreds of stores or whatever and you walk by some you go into others why is it that you go into some stores and not others it's because you have an affinity towards them you're in harmony with them so maybe you pass by the gucci store and then you go into whatever it is or maybe you pass by the spencer the hot topic you go into whatever like you and then what ends up happening is you don't even see the ones that you're not in harmony with and you walk out with all the things that you're in harmony with okay so what we're talking about right now is if you want to change your environment you got to tap in you got to tap into the exact frequency that you want to manifest around you you got to you got to know what that frequency is 
see the world from that lens. And then only then can you turn that into your current environment. Make sense? Mostly. What I mean, but pull apart the frequency a little bit more. How do I identify the frequency that I want to be operating on? Because I feel like there's a lot of different frequencies that are all still high level. You know, being on the same frequency as Michael Chandler versus being on the same frequency as Jeremiah versus being on the same frequency as uh, Bill Gates versus being on the same frequency. You know, they're all different areas and such. And I feel like it can be really hard to pinpoint where it is you're trying to go. Yeah. Well, the first thing you need to ask yourself is what you're really asking is how do I change my frequency to get the environment that I want? But what you first need to do is realize that you're on a frequency now, which sounds logical, like it makes sense. But really, if the listener is listening, like as a listener is hearing this, just look around at your life. That's the frequency you're on. Okay, Justin, you're on this podcast with me. We are on the same frequency. Now, what does that exactly mean? That means that we relate in some type of way and we have similar energy, we have similar beliefs, we have similar values, regardless of where we're at in life. So we're like-minded in a way, okay? So if you want to, what, what you really need to do, what a person really needs to do is they, they need to understand where they want to go, okay? So in order to get somewhere, you got to know where you're at and you got to know where you want to go. So if you want to if you want to be a billionaire, you need to decide make that decision and then you need to put yourself on that frequency. What does that mean? That means that you need to change your perspective, you need to adopt the attitude. You need to change your perspective of a billionaire, you need to change your attitude, you need to imagine like even your imagination needs to be on that frequency. You need to be imagining billionaire things. You need to be thinking of billionaire goals. You need to be thinking of billionaire relationships. You need to be thinking of billionaire fun. You need to be thinking of billionaire philanthropy. You need to be thinking of billionaire fitness. Okay, so it's like tuning in to that frequency once you know, well, figuring out where you want to go, and then you, then you, only then can you tune in. If you don't know where you want to go, you won't be able to tune in. Does that make sense? You got to know, basically, in other words, you got to know whether you want to listen to rock music or rap music or freaking something else. You got to identify the station so you can start tuning into it. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it's still, first of all, don't you think there's some sort of like sh shock element of someone that's resonating on like a certain, you know, average American history or history frequency right now? Yeah. Um, as we're calling it, trying to go just jump straight to the billionaire frequency. Oh, big time. Which, you know, is kind of what everybody wants. In a sort of way, too. Well, everybody wants to be a, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die, type of thing. Right. But I guess what I'm looking for more is the the more immediate steps. Like, what do I do today or within the next week that's going to bump me up? You know, just turn that thermostat up another one or two degrees to get me closer to that thing. Well, first thing, understand. Like we just broke down. I know where I'm at. Know where I want to go. Mm. And then there's a couple of ways of going about this. The best thing that you can do is proximity. Okay, and there's a lot of ways to create proximity to where uh, to the relationships that you want to build, right? Like, for instance, if you want to be around 
deck of millionaires or you want to be around uh highly highly successful entrepreneurs or highly successful athletes whatever well now that you know where you want to go now you got a couple of options you got to find freeways or you got to find payways to get there i actually believe that it's a smart move to pay for some of your friends People, people like when you hear that as a kid, they tell you you can't don't you you know don't buy your friends or are they really your friends? Are you paying for them? Like, like I've heard that stuff when I was a kid. There's something along those lines, you know. Like you can't, uh, I forget the exact saying, but have you heard something like that before? Where like uh, you can't buy your friends or what is the what is the adage? Have you heard something like that before? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Something about picking your nose and picking your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well. My point is, is that you can, I believe you can actually, you know, use money as a tool to get closer to those people. It's not, right. bu it's not buying the relationship. It's buying the proximity to show them that you're serious about being around them. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, when I met Michael, I was in the United States and he had a fight in Hawaii. So in order for me, I got invited to the fight. So in order for me to go and see him and hang out and introduce myself or whatnot, I had to buy a ticket to go out there. But I was willing to make that investment because the relationship was important to me. Plus, I wanted to do something that stretched me. So right. you're absolutely right. If, if a person wants to grow and they want to increase their relationships, there's going to be growing pains along the way. And the higher you stretch, the more you stretch, the more pain you're going to be in. You're going to talk yourself out of reaching for that person. Like if I were to say, Justin, you want to be a billionaire, I want you to reach out to Warren Buffett. Your first thought would be <laughs> like, ah, he's probably not reachable. He's not going to do it. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we don't know. Maybe that's true, but we don't know. Okay, so people talk themselves out, and which is really an indicator, and um, it's it, it what it really means is like people or symbolizes is that people want to grow, but they don't want to be uncomfortable. You know, one of my strengths in life is I don't care about being uncomfortable. I'll do whatever it takes. I really don't like. I get, I get, I I still struggle with the same things that everybody else struggles with. Yeah. You know, like I can, I talk myself out of stuff and I justify and I'm like, ah, I don't really know. And I'm uneasy and I, but I've developed a process and a thought process that when I want something and I know that it's going to get me where I want to go, I go anyway. You know, um, and a matter of fact, my life right now is a, is a representation of that. I met my, <laughs> I met my brothers right now. He's in Kansas. One of the reasons I'm here is because we are potentially moving our entire life to florida now okay i went nomad last year popped around i went back to colorado i thought i was gonna kind of live this colorado and florida type of life go back and forth we decided hey man we need to go to florida because we need to increase and improve our environment to get to where we want to go so that's why we're heading out there do i want to leave colorado do i want to leave all of the people the family the friends that i've built in the last year you know several years no but i know that if I want a quantum leap in my results, Florida offers the best spot for me to go where I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to have to give stuff up. I'm going to have to sacrifice. But if I plant myself there, I'm going to grow into something amazing. Can you expand on that anymore? What do you want to hear? Without getting too... Well, just why why Florida? Um, primarily business growth. So I've got... A lot of my mentors are in Florida. Okay. That makes sense. And um, I'm growing incrementally and I'm growing pretty fast, but I've kind of hit a, a plateau where 
I'm slowing, I can feel myself slowing down and I'm not accelerating as fast as I was. So my solution is to get around my mentors down there in person, be able to go to dinners with them, hang out with them, go see them on the weekends, travel around. Plus there's Hmm. a bunch of other reasons why outside of that there's, um, financially, you know, Florida's a higher cost of living compared to Colorado. And it's going to cause me to stretch my personal finances. It's going to cause me to stretch my lifestyle. It's going to make me feel more competitive too with the status quo. So it's a very fast and flashy lifestyle down there in, in Florida. And what that will do to me and my competitive nature is make me want to beat everybody. So there's, I know what it's going to do for me internally, which is um, why I chose, why we're choosing to go there. But primarily it's the men- access to the mentorship. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like walking around the beach at like five o'clock in the morning in your ranger panties, like <laughs> not seeing a mountain and being like, what the fuck? Oh, what? dude, trust me. Trust <laughs> me. That was one of the big deterrents for uh, going down there. Like I was like, man, what about the mountains? And then, like when I go for, out for a run in Florida, step out the door and I go run and it's like there's a car every freaking three minutes. I, that drives me fr- crazy, man. I hate it. So, but either way, I got to, you know, no pain, no gain, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Well, I mean, point being is I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And most people aren't. Most people, what they try to do is this is, man, this is one of the top reasons people do not accomplish what they want to accomplish in life. Okay. Everybody wants to grow. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. And not only that, most people think that they are the exception, that they can get to what they want doing it their way. (laughs) They will think that they'll come up with a workaround. They'll say it's not for them. They'll say that their strategy to get there, that there is a easier, more effective way than going through the growing pains of what they have to go through to get it. It, I've seen it over and over and over again, um, where they, people just think that they are, like I said, the exception to the rule. Like, I'm thinking of somebody right now that I know, um, awesome person. And this actually, this, I shouldn't even say this one person. I know several people like this. So this is a generalization among a handful of people that I know. And they, you even see this with a general population on the internet. Like, you know how many people want to be kick-ass successful entrepreneurs? Tons. But all of, but many of them want the stability uh, the quote unquote stability of a nine to five paycheck. Mm-hmm. And they keep talking themselves out of going all in on entrepreneurship because they think it doesn't make sense for their situation that they don't have to do that and that they can get there by sticking with the nine to five for the next 10 years. And that there is a path where that's true, where you can balance both of them. But most of the time, what ends up happening is the person ends up re-enrolling themselves into the stability and that predictability more than their dream. And the funny part about all of it is that the, the job that they have is not even stable. They just have a belief that it's stable because at any point in time, there's stuff going on behind the scenes of every business. Like the amount of stuff that I've learned about business over the years is appalling. And how many are on the verge of collapse? They're on the verge of firing people. They're on the verge of collapse. And yet the employees inside of them think that their next 100 paychecks are guaranteed. And they're freaking not. So people are constantly that I see that they want to achieve this like entrepreneur lifestyle, whatever. 
I keep seeing them go back to the nine to five and taking that stuff over what they know they need to do. And they convince themselves that it's going to work. And it's, it's not, it's just straight up not. Um, now I'm not saying that everybody that I'm not, I shouldn't, I think I'll miss message some of that too. Entrepreneurship is not the path to freedom and stability. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to get freedom and stability in your life and success. I don't think everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. I think that intrapreneur is a freaking amazing, I think it's an amazing path to take in life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. What do you think it is about entrepreneurship that is not as obvious that it's like a really, it's high, 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 high level people that make it an entrepreneurship the same way that it is in like sports is the comparison that I always think of in my head is that people have a pretty good understanding that to be in major league baseball, to be in the NFL, to be in the NBA or whatever, you know, there's almost like a stigma that like odds are not going to work out. You can try for it. There obviously are people that try for it, you know, become top fighters in the UFC, the whole deal, but everybody kind of has a really good understanding that those athletes are operating on a just different fucking level yeah. than most people. And I feel like entrepreneurship is the same way, but people don't see it the same way as much. Why? Why? I think, do you think there's a reason? I think that it has a lot to do with um, the marketing and the positioning and the flashy aspect of entrepreneurship. I think that what overtakes the internet is a bunch of uh, people selling products that creates uh, a dream lifestyle that's actually a lot harder to go through and create than they're offering. Okay. So like, I think that you see these social media memes that talk about that are very inspirational and motivational. And they, they talk about uh, grinding and hustler mentality. And they talk about life of freedom and don't work for your boss. Don't, what is that one? It's like, don't work all day, nine to five, and then not do something. Like, don't work your entire life working for somebody else and not build something for yourself or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's something like, some meme like that that's about making sure that, like, like influencing and encouraging people to get into entrepreneurship because they're basically serving a yeah. boss, right? Yeah, right. Chase, chasing their dreams instead of their own. Well, chasing your boss's dreams instead of yours. Right. So they're basically manipulating people to get them to pursue entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I think that those people are probably trying to sell entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. They're selling a product or service that push. And I think that that's what's on the internet. I think that Instagram, Facebook, all this stuff is typically, if you think about the people that are running it, they're going to be business people selling those type of products and services. They're using them as they're using Facebook, Instagram, and whatever as tools to sell their products and services. So they tell people that things are a lot easier than they than they are, and they're not real with people. You know, when I when I tell people that I can collapse a timeline to a goal, you know, it's funny. I have this program. It's called the Dagger Program. It's called Surecut to Success. I did that because I'm bringing people in, and when as soon as they come in, they click on my product and they see it. I tell them, listen, the fastest way to success is to stop taking a shortcut. It's to stop looking for a get-rich-quick. Stop looking for a shortcut to get there. It's to take the long, hard path to getting what you want and getting, it, getting the information from experts and not these people that are selling you bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling you up front, hey, guess what? 7% of all entrepreneurs succeed if that's the route you want to go. Are you ready for that? You tell that to me, I'm like, yeah, I want in. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be less than 7%. Fuck that. That's too many people. <laughs> yeah, right. So here's one more reason to answer your question. You said, basically, why is it that entrepreneurship has such a high attrition rate, right? Pretty much what you said. And there, you could apply this to any industry, really, because there's attrition rates everywhere. But one of the main reasons, I believe, is because most people live their life from the outside in versus the inside out. And what that means, in other words, is that people chase other people's dreams. They chase the idea that the grass is greener on the other side. And they never stop to go inward into themselves and figure out what they truly want. Okay, because if you were to tap in and tune in to what you really want, you can move mountains by connecting to it. Okay, because when you go inside and you figure out what you really want, you fall in love with an idea. And the power of love is unbelievable. Okay, if you've ever fallen in love with a girl or wanted to date somebody, you went through it. You got obsessed. And you literally couldn't think about much else. All you did was think about them. And you started setting up your whole life to get closer to them. You figured out how you could w- take a different route. Maybe you were in high school and it's like, you're like, okay, I'm going to, instead of taking this route to the class, I'm going to take this route so I can maybe bump into her. Like you start doing little shit like that. And your whole life starts conforming to this desire. And um, if you got separated, again, you found ways, you got resourceful, you figured out ways to connect to that person and nothing would stop you. And especially if you went through a breakup and you were still in love with them, then then the feeling of missing out on that just put this nasty, obsessive energy into you that made you not want to quit even more, right? It's like, it's crazy. So what I'm saying is that a lot of reasons why people there's attrition rates in different industries is because most people aren't going inward to figure out what they love and what they want to be, what they want to go after, you know, leading their life from the outside in versus the inside out. It's a good answer. Both of those answers, I think, were really good points, especially with the athlete <clears throat> comparison. Because I think a lot of the athletes know pretty damn specifically, you know, what the goal is at the end of the day if they're trying to be the best long snapper in the NFL. Like I don't care what position it is or whatever, but there's that. And then also, I don't think that's being sold as much was actually a really good point. There's a bunch of people selling entrepreneurship on the internet and you just got to watch out for the man. Because if, if there's anything I've learned from my career in banking too, it's that you don't realize who the people are that are really successful around you, you know, right now versus who are the ones trying to show that they are on the internet and tell you and coming up with all these wacky fucking ways and being in this like realm has given me so many pet peeves (laughs) regarding like marketing messages and shit and the way people will say like you know this is how i started a six-figure business when they made like a hundred thousand one dollars in top line revenue over like a 12-month window that wasn't even the fiscal year or whatever and it's like jesus fucking christ you know and they actually profited like three bucks so um yep that's my rant. That's, that's, <laughs> what we're up, that's what we're up the world up again. Okay. But okay. So reeling this back and bringing it back to the subject, which is about um, cultivating, creating an environment that's conducive to your growth. 
and how you can do it. Well, you have to know where you're at, where you want to go. You have to be willing to grow and you have to be willing to go through all the adversity. The only way you're going to go through the adversity is if there is a love for what you're after. My, that's my opinion. I mean, it, for me, that's what's worked. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard, I've heard some one of my friends, he'll say, chase, uh, he says, screw your passion, chase, uh, what does he say exactly? Priorities over passion. He says, like, if you need money, go figure out a way to get money. I don't care what you're passionate about. That's his mentality. So I think that works for some people. For me, I'm like, if I can succeed no matter what, why would I not choose to fall in love with an idea and go that direction? Because, you know, when, the, when you connect emotionally to something, like, like I mentioned, you can move mountains. It doesn't matter the adversity that comes your way. And um, you need that to get through the growing pains to change your environment. You need something that's going to, some type of fuel that's going to push you through those moments. Like it's not, success and winning is not about what you do on the good days. It's about what you do on the bad days. Yeah. You know, it really is. And there's more, there's more, there's more bad days in a year than there is good days most of the time. <laughs> you know, like you're going to lose most days of the years. Like, you might, I don't know how many victories you're going to get in a year. Like you might get, who knows, maybe a dozen like victories that are like significant, maybe less than that, maybe just a couple, mm-hmm. you know? So the entire year is going to be full of like losses and, and turbulence and issues. So you might as well be in love with the thing that you're after. But I guess the moral of the story is like with the environment is you got to be willing to go through the pains that's going to take. Now, not only that, but I don't think people give themselves enough. I don't want to say they don't believe in themselves, but humans are so resourceful. And people don't give themselves enough credit to get through hard times and to change their environment. They think about moving and they think about going to another state or getting another job or starting a new passion project or becoming an entrepreneur or entrepreneur or whatever. And they talk themselves out of it as if they're destined to, like if they failed, the whole life is going to be over. And the reality is, is that humans are like, bro, we've been surviving a long time. Like I, I like one of the things in Colorado, I loved running down by the mountain or downtown in when it was snowing because right outside the area of downtown you'd see homeless people and you would see these homeless people in like 10 degree weather thriving you know like they're like bundled up they got their they got their housing situation set up like they're living in 10 degrees right there and I'm, I'm pointing that out because humans are super resourceful. They can figure out a way to succeed at all costs. And people forget that when it comes to like changing their environment. Like, oh, what if I move right now? I don't know how I'm going to afford. I don't know how I'm going to afford my first month right. rent, my last month's rent. Bro, just freaking leave and go there and you're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, but, but a lot of it, you know, people don't have the stomach for that too. You know what I mean? They, like you have to have a stomach for it and you got to teach yourself to be able to do that over and over again. But I guarantee you, like, you're, you are resourceful enough to figure it out on your way. Right. You have it ingrained yeah. in your DNA. And also, you don't have to have the stomach for that necessarily either. You know, like, if you don't, you don't. And I don't think our point here is really to go and, you know, uproot everybody from what they're doing right now. But, I mean, the point of this episode, if you're listening to it, is to change your fucking environment. So I imagine if you're listening to this, you know, go ahead and do that. But you need to, re- yeah. well, you need to realize whether your environment's helping you or hurting you. That's what you really need to do. It's mm-hmm. black and white. It's not a like, I think it's helping me. I think it's hurting me. It's not a, if you think it's, it's not helping you, it's not helping you. 
It should be a very clear yes. It's like being pregnant. You're not like kind of pregnant. <laughs> you are or you aren't. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the reality of it. Now, it, it, environment is so important to your, your growth. I forget where I heard it. There's this quote. Environment is more important than heredity. I don't know if that was my ma that was Major Steele that told me that or somebody else. But the reason why it's so important is because you're going to grow into whatever your environment contains. Like the Amazon rainforest is the Amazon rainforest because of it's very, very humid, right? It has the conditions to grow a rainforest. Whereas the Sahara Desert, it's a harsh environment. And it doesn't really grow a whole lot there. Why doesn't it grow a whole lot? Because it's a harsh environment. So if you have a kid and you're going to put him in a toxic household, what's going to happen to that kid? He's going to grow into something that's going to have some issues. Okay? He's going to have he's going to be challenged with that. If you tell him you put him in a great household, a great environment, he's going to grow into something amazing. So the thing is is humans have willpower and they have the ability to decide through that will where they want to live and where the best place that is conducive to their growth. So, that, I mean, that's my stance on environment and that's some strategies to, to change it, man. Gotcha. There's one last thing I want to pull apart here and that is the idea of falling in love with what it is that you're doing or that you want to do. And what I want to touch on with that is this idea that I hear this a lot too, but love is not actually a feeling. It's more so a decision. Mm. And I, f I feel like I listen to a psychologist a lot, uh, a podcast that talks about that a lot, particularly with people, but it would also apply to this. So which goes back into, you know, it's it's what you do on the bad days that determines your success. Right. If you really love something, you're not going to wake up and feel like you love it every freaking day. Right. You know, like sometimes I love jujitsu. A lot of times I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's about to take my life away from me. So I want to make that distinction for people, too, that might be struggling to have clarity on whether or not they love the thing that they're going after. Is that if you if you don't feel in love with it on any given day, it doesn't mean that you aren't. You know, if you're in love with it, you're deciding to be in love yeah. with it the same way that you're deciding to be in love with your husband or wife, even though you probably don't feel like you love them, you know, 24 seven. Yeah. I would say a good indicator that you love something is that you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, that's a good point. You know, or you think about it when you're not thinking, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're in a relationship with somebody, maybe you fall in love and then you're with them for a few years, you don't necessarily feel as connected or whatever. You don't have that fluttery love feeling, but you think about them a lot. Sure. You know, you go to the gym, you're, you're being courteous to them. You're like, hey, I'm, I got the car today. Maybe I should get back so that they can have the car. You know, you're thinking of them along the mm -hmm. way, even when you're not really thinking, you know. So I think, um, and the great part about, well, the fact about that process is that thoughts become things. Okay, so if you find what you're in love with, you find the thing that you can't stop thinking about, it's going to materialize. Right. So for, for in other words, if I think if I'm constantly thinking about jujitsu and I haven't started it yet. Chances are I'm going to start. Because I'm thinking about it, what happens with your brain, your mind is that when the thought gets held inside of it, it gets impressed upon your subconscious. And then what ends up happening is you take subconscious action towards it. 
you eventually work up the decision to do the thing. It's a, it's, this is literally a, a hack. If you want to get to a goal, this is like the secret, in my opinion. You think about what you want. You burn an image of it in your mind. You think about it in the morning. You think about it at night. You think about it as much as you can throughout the rest of the day if possible. You hold that image over and over and over again. And you just picture it so beautiful inside of your head. You know, you get so involved with it. What will end up happening, you're going to, your body is going to, your body is the instrument of the mind. So that image is going to get burned into your brain. And then you're eventually going to find your way to the thing. Even if you don't feel like doing it like jujitsu. Yeah. So thoughts become things. Remember that. God damn. This might be the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> it was a master class on environment and thinking and all kinds of shit. Huh? I know. <laughs> we're doing too good, Jeremiah. We're going to have to stop the podcast pretty soon because we're going to eventually do the perfect episode. And then what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever sold Conquer Academy on the podcast. But hey, guys, if you want to join my. I think. I, I think we should start, honestly. Yeah, just start doing a whole. And if you guys listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sell on the podcast. But what I will say is, if you guys are looking for the next, like, I'll provide the opportunity. What I would, the path. If you guys want to join my success academy, I teach leadership, mindset, all that stuff. It's the same stuff from this podcast. A lot of the same subjects. I just go deeper and I give more practical, tailored advice to you. And I have a great program that's out right now. It's called the dagger program. If you guys want to just go to conqueracademy.com and uh, sign up for a free strategy session and my team will hook you up. We'll give you next steps. Okay. But, um, now nah, I like keeping it. They, they, the right person will find their way to my, my stuff anyways. You know, I'm going to teach, that's I'm going to help. Yeah. And if, if they, if they're, that person is sitting back and they're like, man, I really want to do it. They're going to find their way to yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sit back and we're gonna design the podcast to make it so that you can't stop thinking about Conquer Academy, <laughs> <laughs> and then it will materialize. Every episode, I'm gonna basically <laughs> just sell you. I'm gonna wait until the 33 minute mark, and then I'm gonna sell. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it, it, people, like I said, I don't need to sell. It sells itself. I just share my knowledge, build up, help people as much as possible, and then when people are ready for the next step, that's a platform that they can jump into. Um, I know that you guys, you know, laughed, you learned on today's episode is very strategic one. I think this is definitely worth re-listening to. What I will say is to close this up, I want to see you guys building an environment that's conducive to your growth. Okay. So you got to know where you're at. You got to know where you want to go. And then the easiest, most simple thing that you can do to get started and build that environment is just adjust your attitude, tap into that frequency, start behaving like the people that belong there. And have a clear, hold that vision in your mind over and over again. Okay. Uh, change that strategy changed my life. I know it'll change yours. Okay. So if you guys found value in this, uh, do me a favor, share with a friend. Um, if you got, if you're listening on iTunes, you could drop a review. That's cool too. If you share it on Instagram, make sure you guys tag me. I like, I like seeing who's sharing the podcast and, uh, I'm excited to continue on this pace and share more with you guys. All right. So that's the lesson for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. 
Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Back in the run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it. You gotta go hard.